PCAST presented by CBE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin to be the athletics department, occasionally the OBC. Thanks to our good friends at CBE. Thank you to our friends at CBE, and thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. I, Colby Wilson, he is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin P podcast, enjoying our first game week in quite some time. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. It's been... We record this on Wednesday of the first week of in-person classes at Austin P since the before times. Good way to look at it. Parking is um, presently not as much of a conundrum as it usually is at this time of year. Significantly better. Uh, it couldn't have got worse. Also a true statement. But uh, I do want to acknowledge that there are plenty of stalls still available should you need them. And the Forterra Forterra lot has parking spots. Multiple, period. Uh, We are excited to to have our our student athletes back in the fold in the picture. Gotten to see a few of them uh, this week as they return. Well, uh, I have not gotten to see very many of them this week as they return because I've been at home since Tuesday afternoon because my son had to get a COVID test. And until we know what the result is, I'm at home. Which means we're doing this podcast on Zoom for everybody wondering. Back to the, yeah, back it, to the, back it, to the jury days. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're curious about why the audio is, uh, is terrible. That's why. That's why. That's that why is it. Um, you know, that, you know, it's not terrible. Austin ranking in the stats FCS poll. You're sure right. Darn sure right. Thirteenth. I feel good about thirteenth. I feel less good about who is directly in front of us for reasons that are completely inescapable. I believe that twelve and thirteen should be flipped in the poll. I'm talking to you, Craig Haley, because um, if anybody has forgotten, Austin P rolled into Sacramento State and put a hurting on the Hornets. Well, apparently a great many voters in this year poll forgot that because the Hornets, 55 points ahead of the Govs, a not completely insignificant uh, amount heading into this first week. Um, People always say for the polls, too, like if you had a head-to-head, like how – like you, have, you we, literally, we literally have a head-to-head, the last game Sacramento State played, because uh, we ended their season. Yeah, and, you know, I got it, like, I get Central Arkansas being two spots ahead of us uh, because they beat us last year at Fortier Stadium. Now, they beat us when Jeremiah Oatesville went down and Javon Craig traded the headset for the uh, spot under center and did the best he could in emergency notice. You play that game in November in place of in September, and I think that's a different story. Not here to judge or pick nits or anything else. I mean, actually, that's all we're here to do. You could probably sum up this entire podcast by saying uh, the two hillbilly idiots uh, judge and pick nits about things that they see on the internet. You know what else we could? Uh, you know what else we can judge? It's something that uh, you hate to see happen. Our dear friends in Jacksonville, Alabama, did not make the top twenty-five. One well and truly despises to see it. It's uh, he just feels so bad for the Gamecocks being the fir- the first team receiving votes in the poll. He just wished they could have made it, but uh, and all, speaking of, speaking of non insignificant margins, uh, 
at 25th was Southeast Missouri with 499 points in the poll. And Jacksonville State, a robust 142 points behind. Oh, right. Mm. You hate to see it. Doggone, doggone. Doggone it. <laughs> doggone it. That brings us to the moment we all, was, we've been literally waiting months for. Yeah, all of the months. All of the months, all of the uncertainty, all of the doing podcasts and meetings over Zoom and every wretched bit of our lives since we were sent home in early March has led to Saturday at the Crampton Bowl. The historic Crampton Bowl is apparently it's the historic Crampton. Yes. Yeah. As apparently it's. Yeah, I think that's like. I, I think that's like. Yeah. Sure. Under we'll the go, lights. We'll go with it. On ESPN. Literally the only game in town. Govs and UCA. I am you so excited for this. Yeah. I could not eat. Very, very excited. Even if Jack's uh, COVID test results purgatory somehow keeps me at home. I'm going to be so excited just to one, turn on the TV and watch football and two, hopefully be down there watching football in person that isn't a scrimmage or a practice and regaining a very, very small sense of normalcy we'd like to have. I really want to see our defense hit somebody that's not our own guys. In talking to some of our defensive players, I would say they would like to hit people that aren't our guys. In talking to our offensive players, they would like to stop getting hit by our defensive players. Which it seems like everybody wants to make that trade. Yeah, I think uh, I think hitting something in purple is going to be a lot more fun for our guys. I would think hopefully hitting a lot of things in purple. Whole bunch of things. Hopefully, great to hit. Um, As we just hit the bears. As we wrap up the uh, the run up to the Guardian Kickoff Classic, uh, we finished up or are finishing up our uh, positional previews with the last four spots this week. Well, here on the PCAS, we will start with the specialist. And Casey, take the lead since that was your group. Ah, well, it's, uh, it's a new group. You know, you had to replace guys like Logan Birchfield and Devin Stewart and Cole Phillips. All gone. Every single one of them. So you added Ashton Dodd. He was a redshirt freshman last year. Corey Peterson's back. Cole Deed and Grant Paulette both transferred in. So uh, you got a whole lot of whole lot of new faces kicking the ball for the Govs this year. But you know where you don't have new faces? Snapping the ball. Because Nick Screenock and Lucas Betton are back just like they were last year. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of experience in the long snapper position. Not a lot of experience in the kicking positions. You know – some four, five, gosh, whatever, years don't mean anything anymore. But whenever Devin Stewart took over as the punter, we thought, oh, boy, the former backup cornerback is now a punter. This seemed problematic. And I would argue that by the end of his tenure, Stewart was an all-OVC caliber punter. So I do not worry too much about the long-term future of that spot. I do not worry about the long or near-term future of the Nichols spot for Austin because they turn an All-American and consensus. flanking, yeah, consensus All-American and flanking him is 
or backing him up rather, is an FBS transfer. So yeah, good. Yeah, shouldn't be worried. Good. good. Very good. Fine. Yeah, good. Yes. Um, when when you have Cordell Jackson, when you have Cordell Jackson as part of your defense, that spackles over a lot of holes. You, you will. You you will. Mistakes. Mistakes don't look like mistakes when you've got that guy there to clean up any potential messes. Well, they sure look like mistakes for quarterbacks because they usually result in the Cordell Jackson touchdown. I did not realize this until I was looking at stuff to preview that spot. He had as many defensive touchdowns as Martin's leading receiver had receiving touchdowns and three times as many defensive touchdowns as Tech's leading rusher had touchdowns. I mean, That's not supposed to happen. It sure isn't. But it sure did. But, uh, it sure did. So, uh, hey, teams, keep throwing Cordell Jackson the ball. Pretty, pretty. Arkansas. One of the things that was funny talking to Coach Scott to preview that spot was we're not going at him in practice either. Like, it's sort of – Weird that they're just like steering our offense away from our all-American cornerback, who we don't really want to throw at at all for any reason ever. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. Even, no, you don't. You don't want to throw that guy in any situation. No, no, you do not. Um, running backs, as we transition over to the offensive side of the ball, uh, that's a spot that's going to be. There's a lot of. I mean, there's just a you're lot of... You're replacing your two main guys. You're, well, you're replacing Kintel Williams. That's the, that's the big part. Um, and I think, I think Leela Wilhoyt can, can do a lot. I will not be surprised if Brian Sneed does a lot. Uh, but also, our passing game is so good. Our quarterback is so mobile. Like, we don't necessarily have to do a traditional between the tackles attack to be successful. And so I'm, I'm excited, especially for Will Hoyt. I loved what I saw out of him in his brief time last year. I'm really excited to see him get an expanded role this year. I always like too, when we have uh, D'Angelo and Benico in the backfield, I think it's a good change of pace and you can get the ball in their hand in a different way. So I love the little, and it's not really lining him up there, but because he takes receipt of the ball behind center, I kind of consider it a backfield spot. I love the little jet sweep, shotgun snap, pop it forward to Jay Parker as he's on a full mm-hmm. run out of the backfield. like Which is a very fast run. Yeah, with Jay Parker's at top speed when everybody else gets to start. That's a good, that's a good place I think to be. Jay, I think Jay Parker starts in top speed. I, it doesn't take him long. It doesn't take him long. No, to get up to it does not take him long. Last preview. Yeah, well, let's you talk got, about the tight ends. Tight end. You got the tight ends. Uh, you want to talk about a new group? Literally all of them. Uh, zero tight ends returned for the Gov. Last year's tight ends, Elijah Brown, has moved offensive offensive tackle, and Hunter Shalato has moved back to linebacker. So uh, we have first-year tight ends coach Dean Cheatham. He has got a quartet of brand-new tight ends. Couple of couple of transfers you've got from Arkansas State, Eugene Mentor, and from Middle Tennessee, William Wilcox. And you've got two freshmen. You've got Brandon Lanier, who was a high school quarterback. Uh, he's a big physical guy, but moving to tight end, 
And then Luke Springer was a receiver at Gallatin High School, and he has had to move inside the tight end. And when I talked to Coach Cheatham, it's, a, it's not just like it's a tight end. It's a hybrid role, he said. You're going to be in the backfield. You're going to be flexed out. You're going to be on the line. You're going to be a fullback. It's just uh, it's, he called it an all-terrain being, and that's what the tight end position is in Tim Zett's offense. Well, I really like I like some of the things that they've uh, they've been able to do with uh, with Mentor kind of lining him up at different spots because he has been a wide out. He's bulked up a little bit to get into tight end kind of shape, and I I think he offers some some fun looks. Especially you line him up alongside Benico Harley and tell two terrified five ten hundred eighty five pounders. All right. Uh, pick your poison, whichever one of them you want. Yeah, who do you want to try and uh, try and get around? The answer and is Will, neither. Yeah, no. And then Wilcox is just a big dude. He's a, he, he was a linebacker at Middle Tennessee who moved to I, wide I, receiver and has now moved to tight end, and he looks like it. Yeah, he looks the part there. Uh, you know what else is going to look the part? And it's something that we just got announced yesterday, and I'm so excited for it because it's a city that I personally love. Doves are going to Pitt. Going to Pittsburgh. Heinz Field. can't wait. Very excited. That's – I I mean, I don't know anything about Pitt as a program, but I just – Pat Narduzzi, right? Pat Narduzzi's coaching them. Uh, sure, could be. I don't know. They went back to their, their new colors of their old colors, and they look pretty cool. That was a good choice. Yeah, so that Field. was – We get to play at Heinz Field. We get to – we get to – go have some Promonte brothers. Uh, I, I call it a win all the way down. I see nothing wrong with this trip. I, I see nothing wrong with this trip either. Also, I think, and somebody said this on Twitter earlier today, and I saw it and thought it was funny, like, you know, before this pandemic started, we were announcing games in like 2031, and now we're announcing games that are three weeks away from happening. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun difference. To, it is. I, I kind of like the the unknown aspect of it all. Like, Oh, everybody oh, follow the plane. We got to follow the plane. We're we headed to Pittsburgh. We're getting on a plane. We don't know if we're going to Pittsburgh or whoever. We'll figure it out midway. Who it's we're like, gonna it's like a roulette wheel only for a destination. All right. <laughs> uh, spin the wheel and it's Pitt. Ding, ding, all right. Ding. Pitt. Winner, winner, winner. Well, you know who else is a winner? Who's a winner? Colby McKee, who won an OVC title with the Govs last year. He is our guest on the PCAST, and we will talk to him right after this. I'm lonesome but happy. Rich, but I'm broke, and the good Lord knows the reason. I'm just a cowpoke from Cheyenne to Douglas. Today on the PCAST, we have some Colby on Colby crime as Colby McKee joins us in the panic room. As I did my research on the Austin P. offensive lineman this week, the same themes kept coming up. Farming, Kentucky, good old country boy. Sounds like the person to talk to. Uh, Colby, how are you this week? Well, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, unfortunate circumstances have 
placed me inside the room for the week, but uh, I'm going to be back out and clear and ready to go on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to it. The last time you were on the field was the FCS postseason. Just what was That's that right. experience like for you? Uh, it was incredible uh, for me, like you said, being from, from the state of Kentucky and never really leaving Southeast very much and, and having an opportunity to go to California and to Montana as well was something that I know will definitely stick with me forever. And without football, uh, I doubt I probably would have ever gone to either one of those states. So I'm just blessed to uh, have football do things for me that it does. You made your first start in the postseason last year, right? Yes, sir. How surreal was that feeling to be a first-time starter on the biggest stage of your career at that point? Um, it was something that, that I took a lot of pride in and, and uh, was very blessed to, to have that opportunity, but uh, also worked for it um, for a long time. So last season I came in and, and coaches didn't, didn't see me as the top five, didn't see me as the top five on the line. And, Every week I would just bring it to practice so hard that finally, I guess, I think it was week five or six that they were like, we got to do something. And they extended a, a whole nother package of our offense to a six, six man lineman, heavy personnel. And they let me play the position and it worked out very well for us and, and my team and my career. And I'm pretty pleased with it. You also have done a little bit of movement back and forth, correct? You did some O-line to tight end and back again, just, now that you've got a little bit more certainty as you're part of the line, do you, do you feel a little bit more comfortable heading into this year? Oh, um, I feel pretty comfortable. Uh, like I said, circumstances for this first game are ideal, but um, I definitely got some experience under my belt, and I definitely got a good grasp of the offense, unlike ever before. And I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to see what I can do, you know. Tell me a little bit about the farm. I know that that's kind of your, your happy place. That's where – that's where you, you go to kick back and unwind. Just tell me a little bit about it. Um, my, uh, I'm a seventh generation tobacco farmer in central Kentucky. Um, the land that is my grandparents, my grandpa's home place was originally purchased. Um, the house was built in like 1800 and added on in 1880, I believe. So it's been in the McKee name since the 1850s. Um, so it, there's a definitely a lot of pride in it for me and something that I'm proud of and willing to talk about at any time. But, uh, yeah, farming and especially family farming. I don't really know how much farming it is, more so family farming. You know, I do it for my, for my father and for my grandfather. Is the responsibility for the whole place going to fall to you one day? Oh, yeah, that would be the plan for now, 100%. What are you most looking forward to about kind of having your own, your own farm? Um, maybe just have something that that's yours, you know, pay the taxes on it. No one can necessarily take it from you as long as you do the right thing every day. And, uh, I don't know, just having a place that's yours and, and that's got your name on it with your cattle on it and your crops on it. Um, I guess it really just kind of defines you as a person when it comes to that point. I also know you're an avid hunter. Tell me a little bit about what you're going for when you go out hunting. I prefer deer hunting and turkey hunting. Um, that's probably things that I've uh, had the most experience and the most success with. Um, I'd like to get into duck hunting a little more, but I don't. I don't know much about it. I've never been, but uh, 
definitely deer hunting. Where I'm from, deer opening day of deer season is kind of like Christmas Day. Uh, tell me what you got more of, cowboy hats or belt buckles? Because in kind of looking around on social media, it seems like you got plenty of both. I got I got three hats and two buckles, so I got one more hat than buckle. I know you take a ton of pride in Kentucky, the state, Kentucky, the flagship university of the state. Just with all that pride in your home state, how did we ever lure you down to Austin P? Uh, it was the closest place I could go to home. Uh, I had a couple other offers, and um, they were all considerably farther away than Austin P. So uh, I chose Austin P for for that reason, and also because uh, the other places I was looking at didn't have an agriculture major. So that's the number one thing that lured me here. Are you ag business or ag science? Ag science. I started out as ag business and quickly realized I wasn't much of a business, so I switched over to science. And soil, soil analyst, that was, that's kind of your focus, right? If I do pursue a career in, in that type of professional scenery, I'm, I would look into uh, like a soil scientist or something, but that requires a fifth-year school, and I really haven't made those decisions yet if I'm going to study that or not. Coming out of school, your dad coached you and your brothers, right, in football? Yep. Yes, sir. My dad and my older brother won a, a, a big school state title in the state of Kentucky, which is 6A, 2013. It's a pretty big deal for them. Um, he also coached me for three seasons and then just got done coaching my youngest brother for, for two seasons as a starting quarterback. So definitely a lot of pride there in my hometown. And my dad's been very successful in winning a state championship and winning regional titles with me in the district every year. And making it back to the state championship with my little brother where they lost to a team from Louisville. But um, definitely a lot of pride and, and just real proud of where we come from and what my dad does. How big is your uh, – There's 30,000 people in the in the town and uh, like another 10, 15,000 that live in the county. So it's about 45,000 people in Georgetown, Kentucky. Friday night football experience. That's the big thing in your town. It's the biggest thing in my town, um, most definitely. Scott County also, in the last 10, 15 years, has just been extremely successful at, at football. Um, so that's kind of brought the culture of the town around. And unlike, unlike ever before, you know, on, on Friday nights, the, the whole town is there. and Businesses are closed and they make signs, just size of, size of a barn door, you know, just huge signs to run out of and ton of culture and, proud, and pride and pride. And where we're from in the school that we all went to because there was only one town in Georgetown for – or one school in Georgetown for a long time. And this past year they opened the second school. But when I was there, there's only one school in the whole town. This camp has been unlike any other camp you've ever experienced, no doubt. I mean, just between all the precautions and everything, just how weird has it been? Um. It, it was different and difficult and extremely challenging because um, you got guys that don't necessarily want to do the precautions in the protocol, but you got other guys that, you know, you have to force that upon them. And that doesn't always go well between a 18 to 22 year old kid and you know, a guy, you know, one guy telling another guy what to do usually doesn't go very well, but somebody's got to do it. And 
you know, we had protocols that was put in place by the training staff and, and the professionals at Austin P and somebody had to enforce it. And so I think we did a pretty good job of making sure we did everything as best we could to get to the game healthy. And that being said, all things considered, we made it, we're going to make it to the game healthy and cleared and ready to play. So that, that's good. Put all the rest of this nonsense to the side for a few hours and just play ball. Right. And it's just, to me, it's kind of mental. Um, you know, we've got all this craziness going on. Uh, Coach Loving's taking over the program. Um, a lot of distractions that have distracted Austin P from the main goal. But I feel like we're we're in a place where um, we see ourselves with a chance to be successful, and we're going to get out there and just let it all loose. I mean, when another team's in front of you and the jersey in front of you doesn't say Austin P. Things just get different. So I think we're all excited to get out there and get that escape again, being that being that scene. Kobe, what is your favorite word? My favorite word, probably grit. Grit, definitely my favorite word. What is your least favorite word? Uh, I'm just gonna say something something normal here. Try. I hate the word try. You know, you don't try to do something. Just either do it or you can't do it. Who what inspires you? What inspires me? Uh, definitely my father and my grandfather. Definitely are my, are my inspiration. What's the last book you read for fun? Uh, last book I read for fun, I didn't ever finish it, but it's a book called um, Hell in Harlem. And uh, it's called Hell in Harlem, and it's about – crime in Harlan County, Kentucky, in Eastern Kentucky, where my uh, my great-grandfather was born and was a coal miner. That was the last book I read. What is your worst habit? Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess it depends on who's judging, but my worst habit probably is my language. Like swearing or saying y'all too much no i'll swear no i feel like i said i guess it depends on who's judging i I got a few things somebody might point out what app on your phone gets the most use uh definitely snapchat or my music app what's the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in okay I don't really know about terrifying, but it was when when I was a freshman and I was redshirted, we went to my, me and my older brother went to TSU homecoming um, and we found this janky little place to park for like five or ten dollars when all the other lots were like, you know, 10 or 15. And uh, I remember parking and we had to walk like all the way from this side of Nissan Stadium all the way to the other right through the middle of all TSU's homecoming. And all through that part of East Nashville, I remember that being pretty terrifying to me. <laughs> what is your idea of happiness? Happiness? Uh, I'd like to I'd like to win the game on Saturday. I feel like I'd be pretty damn happy after that. What is your idea of misery? Misery? Uh, misery. I don't I don't have an idea of misery. That's something I hope I don't ever come in contact with. What makes you self-conscious? Self-conscious? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what makes me self-conscious? 
Well, if I think I'm talking a lot and I'm getting on somebody's nerves and I get that vibe, I hate that. How would you prefer to die? Uh, how would I prefer to die? I don't know, man, I guess. Die for something that, that I just don't want to die, you know? I just don't want to, like, randomly get shot at a gas station. Like, I want to die for something, like, like trying to save something or do something. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Um, I would definitely like to come back as an animal, like a dog, maybe somebody that just kind of takes it easy all day, every day. What might prompt you to lie? To lie? Yeah. Oof. I don't, I don't like lying. I don't, I don't really know if I would tell a lie, really. I Sometimes when I'm having good conversations with people and they like hesitate to believe me or something, I always will tell them, I'll be like, oh, I don't lie. I'm not going to, I'm not lying. I don't know. I don't lie. That's kind of one of my things. What makes you hopeful? What makes me hopeful? Uh, having 30 hours left um, to get my degree from Austin P makes me really hopeful. What is our purpose in life? My purpose in life, just to be a good person probably and do the right thing. Um, you know, just do the right thing and do what my mother and father taught me how. Regardless of who it is, what's one thing you'd ask the next guest? Ask the next guest um, who his or hers idol was in the professional athlete world as a child. All right. Last week, Abby Thoreau asked, what is your favorite animal? What's my favorite animal? Uh, I'm going to have to say cow, a cow, a cattle, because... Because I have six of them, so that, that would be a good answer for me because I don't own any other animals. So you got 30 hours left. You got right. this season. What what are kind of some short-term and long-term goals for you? Um, short-term would be just give my all for Austin P football um, when I get the opportunity to um, day in and day out. And – Long term would be um, just do what's right for, for my family and, and for my family's farm. Um, we're running into some, some things um, in the near future where some land is going to get split up and have to be purchased and, and moved around, and that's something I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of taking care of that long term. Uh, me and my father would – Trying to like to, to hold all the land together if we can. If that's something we can afford, that's going to be our number one goal. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of – a lot more big-picture concerns than a lot of people I talk to. Like, you really seem to have a plan and a goal, and you're ready to implement it. That's very impressive for somebody your age. No, I appreciate that. Um, I spent – I'll say I, I feel like as a person, I've definitely figured – I don't really think I have anything figured out by any means, but I've learned a lot since I've come to Austin P and since I left home. Uh, definitely Austin P was the reason for that, put me in this position. 
Well, Colby, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day, giving me some time, and uh, telling me a little bit about yourself, about your story. Yes, sir, Colby. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'll never be broke. I'm a carefree range riding, drifting cowpoke. Huge thanks to Colby McKee for taking some time out of his day and his preparation for the weekend. And best of luck to him and the Govs this weekend as they take on UCA. As we look about the sporting landscape, the NBA bubble. The NBA bubble has provided some really good performances. It was. Luca. Luca's hot. Luca, that that game winner was a big old. All right, everybody, Luca's here. He's a problem. Step back to freedom. Yep. I mean, Dame Lillard. Also, he also he also had Reggie Jackson guard again. Can we talk about that? How does Kawhi Leonard or Paul George not end up on Luca? I, I understand it was a screen, but the Clippers should have known there was you've, a screen you've coming. Got you've got to be able to have one of those two guys on him. Preferably nobody else is nobody else is taking that shot. You no, know it's going no. to Luca, and you I mean, don't have Kawhi or Paul George on it. Reggie no. Jackson, Reggie Jackson, but it's not just him. Like Donovan Mitchell's been a problem in the playoffs, uh, making me feel bad about my oh the Nuggets they look really good thing. Although Jamal Murray has looked actually really good and been very impressive. It's still Dame time too, and it's still Dame time for now. I for now. I think everybody got a little too. Whoa, he looks amazing! And yeah, everybody got a little hot. Uh, and no, no, the, the Lakers really don't have anyone to guard him, but they also still have two of the five best players in the world in LeBron and AD. So, yes, they, it, uh, the Lakers are still a problem. If anybody's wondering, the Lakers I remain think, firmly a problem. I I think when we were talking about it, we after that first game, we were like, I think Portland's got a better shot to upset the Lakers than the Mavericks do the Clippers. And now I don't know. No, uh, well, did did anyone factor in that this may be the the Luka Doncic has arrived party? I nobody I didn't. No, I didn't. I did not. It just it just didn't seem likely for this particular series what he was up against. But so he, far he we've been I got wrong. Yeah, oh, yeah, very very wrong. Um, Case, you wanted to talk about uh, Andrew Luck for, I assume you have reasons, so you just go ahead. It's just, uh, I, I mean, it's been a year this week since he just retired. He disappeared. He's enjoying the remaining functioning limbs that he has, and also he's enjoying the millions of dollars that he made playing the football games. This, so. Yeah, this, this dude looked down at his bank account a year ago today, saw $109 million, and said, nope, I'm good. Well, he also and, looked uh, down at his – he also looked down at his lacerated spleen and his multiple shoulder injuries and everything else and was like, I I don't want to squeak when I I'm, move when I'm older, so let's just call I'm it. Good. Yeah, he it was uh it was an all time move by Andrew Luck and you gotta respect it. 
We need to talk about two plays in the baseballing world last week that have – I've never been pro-robo-plate ump, but I'm swiftly moving that way. Um, on Friday night in the Royals game, a 100-mile-an-hour Josh Stallmont heater straight down the plate. And I went, when I mean straight down the plate, you go to the uh, MLB game cast and pull up the – the strike zone indicator for the pitch, it could not be placed in a better spot. It's impossible. It is it is a practical impossibility. Rule the ball. That's you know, okay. By fine. which umpire? Um wasn't one of the more egregious ones, but it it wasn't C B Buckner who was behind the plate for a no hitter to the surprise of literally no one who's ever watched the game. Um that's neither here nor there. But that one, you know, 100 miles an hour, you blink, you've missed it. I kind of get that. There's, there's the old adage of, well, it sure sounded like a strike, but it wasn't. Whatever. Saturday, late innings, Braves, Phillies, sacks full, dribbler to third, I think it was Kingery for the Phils, fielded, mm-hmm. fired to the plate, JT Real Muto at the plate, caught the ball for the force, Looked down to be right. sure his foot was on the plate. Saw his foot was on the plate. Took his foot off the plate. Mm-hmm. And proceeded to look out to throw to first, and the runner was ruled safe. Right. Obviously. Yes. No. 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 Not obviously at all. No. Never. <laughs> and I, I just... And yes, there is the technology to overturn it, and there is that's why they instituted replay baseball for a reason. But like, guys, if you wanna if you wanna keep making the argument that we shouldn't outsource this one job to the robots because we still need the human element, the human element has to be a little bit better than that. Which umpire was it this time? Um, oh gosh, if you hadn't asked, I could have told you. It was okay. Wishinski's Wish, Wish, wrong. I know that's wrong. It's It was an odd name that began with a W. It wasn't Will Little, was, was it? I don't believe so, no. He's terrible, by the way. We're talking about bad umpires. Well, I don't think we were talking about them necessarily, but, you know, we... we we're talking about bad umpiring. Yep. You know what else mm-hmm. is bad? Two hurricanes at the same time. Two hurricanes <laughs> at the same time on the 2020 bingo card, which is... I believe one of them is gone. Now. I believe it's just one hurricane. Now. I'm pretty sure like the um, Marco, I think, dissipated, disappeared. It's gone, <laughs> but we still have Laura, and Laura is becoming a Category 4 as we speak. Laura's becoming a Category 4, and also, I really want to go find this one, but... The Weather Channel? Did you see the tweet about it? Yes! Oh, my gosh. Terrifying. Terrifying. Unsurvivable. The National Weather Service is letting people know what's up. (laughs) The National Weather Service telling you something's unsurvivable? Like, I know people are pretty cavalier with the rules these days, and, oh, well, the experts said this, but I know better than somebody who's made it their life to know things about this. Unsurvivable is really a bold proclamation when you get right down to it. 
Unsurvivable storm surge with large destructive waves will cause catastrophic damage from Sea Rim State Park, Texas to intercoastal city, Louisiana. I mean, the National Weather Service is not playing this week. They are everyone. not playing around. Get out, apparently. Go, go not be in Louisiana or Texas. Any parts, they all use parts. Unsurvivable and catastrophic in the same sentence. Run. I mean, catastrophic, you know, we've seen catastrophic. I mean, I feel like every hurricane is catastrophic for someone, but unsurvivable, unsurvivable. really gets one pause. So, yeah, that, that makes you think maybe I just shouldn't live here to begin with. Are we fools for going to Alabama in, in place of going away from this enormous storm more towards it? I think it's going to miss us. I think we're actually it's going to be in Clarksville when we're in Alabama, so I think we might be uh, skirting around it. Did you say we're going to be in Clarksville when we're in Alabama? You sure did. No, the storm's, the storm's going to be in Clarksville when we're in Alabama. Ah, okay. Now I see. Now I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, that'll do it for the nonsense that you and I talk about, but uh, you know it isn't nonsense. Hayley and I are getting you some community service opportunities, and I have no idea what she can do to get you community service stuff mid all this, but if someone's going to find a way to help the community, uh, please excuse the screaming child in the background, but if somebody's going to find a way to help the community, uh, it's going to be Hayley and I. You know what else you can do? I will take get in touch and stay in touch with us via the web and social media for 200. You got it. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on our official Facebook account called Us and P Governors. Uh, make sure you give a shout out to our friends, Eric and Robin, for all the digital media content they are providing during this first football week. Let's go P.com for dates, news, stories, Casey, Cody Bush, and myself. We will be on slash near the ground in Montgomery to give you the view of what's what and wins when on Saturday. Hey, if you need, if you want to come to an Austin P event, there's a couple tickets maybe available for the Guardian FCS kickoff still. Not sure. Uh, but if you did want to find out, you could check in with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke and her assistant, Johnny Ware. They have all the information you can use to get in the game. And at the time of this recording, our fall home slate is empty. But hope remains for men's basketball. So if something changes on the gridiron or an update involving the Shooty Hoops program, our ticket office will be in communication with you post-haste. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Ask why a year later Casey still cares so much about a football player retiring and disappearing into a well-earned life of bliss. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at Creek 19 Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Let the television burn, babe. There's a riot in the street. It said the wolf was at the front door. He was lying at their feet. We felt a change, a change. But ain't it a shame how it all turned out? Back then it was a long time coming It's a little late now They're gonna stack up the dead till they black out